Did you ever make a Valentine's Day mailbox for your desk at school? Sometimes it was like a paper bag that you taped on and you got to decorate the paper bag. Sometimes it was an actual shoebox that you got to like cover with paper and make hearts and use like those fancy white doilies. Um, I can't remember if glitter was ever involved, but if it was, I for sure was using it. And so then Valentine's Day would come and you would get all these fun Valentines stuffed in that mailbox at your desk and you got to read them all and just have so much fun with those little paper Valentines. I don't know if people do that anymore. Valentine's Day is five days away, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But I'm just saying every day really can be Valentine's Day. So today is a celebration of love. Glad you're here. Hi, everybody. I'm Chrissy Baki, the hippie Christian who cares. And today I am talking all about love. And normally I do like a series and carry it out for, you know, three or four, or maybe five times. One time I even did six. So I know, crazy, right? But this time I was struggling to come up with a new idea. And somebody said, well, Valentine's Day is coming up. In fact, someone is Judy. And I know you're listening. So I love you, Judy. And I love Valentine's Day. So I kind of thought, yeah, that would be kind of fun. And we all know love God and love others, right? So that's going to fit right into this whole hippie Christian kind of theme. But I was like, should I do a series like um, Faith, Hope, and Love, and the greatest of these is love? And then I'm like, mm, I don't know, that's just a lot. And so I felt like that also was maybe too similar to our mind, body, and soul that we just got through, which clearly love was in there. So I just thought, oh, God, it's like Monday and I don't know what to do and I've got to tape this thing. And so I remember the New Year's resolution of read my Bible more. Well, it's um, February 9th and I am still reading my Bible diligently. Not that I think I'm cooler than any of you. That's my goal, not yours. So no judgment. It just keeps me connected to God and it helps me when I pray. It gives me the right words at the right time and all that kind of good stuff. Well, I happen to be in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I was on chapter 15 of John, which starts with the vine and the branches. And so I'm going to start there, which you're like, what? How's that love? Unless you love wine and then you think of grapes. I'm totally kidding. I just know people love wine. Not all my listeners do. And for those of you who are sober, congratulations. You 
are winning. It is a great thing and you should absolutely be proud of who you are. That was a side note for all my beautiful alcoholic friends who are practicing their sobriety. It's a good thing, friends. And we need to talk about things like that and not make it a stigma that life is full of crazy mental health issues and diseases like alcoholism and other things that plague us and know that we're still okay and that God still loves us. Total sidebar. I am so not on script, on script today. So normally you get a crazy, a crazy podcast. Today's going to be even crazier, but let me read the Bible verse. It's 15 um, chapter one, all the way through 17. And it will make sense. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself; it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I so have I loved you. I'm going to read that again since I messed it all up. It's like Cirque de Soleil happens right inside my mouth and it all goes wrong and it's just tragic. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I'm going to say that one again too. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Love appears in the Bible 686 times, 
in the NIV. That's the New International Version. And the interesting thing is when you start looking at Hebrew and Greek, love probably appears even more than that because the Greek word for love, there's actually four different kinds. It might even be five different kinds of love, like brotherly love and um, sexual love and um, family love and um, agape. That's like the love that God gives us, that unconditional love. And so yeah, 686 times love appears. No wonder there is a day all about love. And the crazy part is, look up the history of Valentine's Day. It borderlines on sick. Um, And not like sick as in sick, cool as in, oh my goodness. In fact, NPR... um, puts out a article. So, and I should have written the website down. Um, It's NPR. And if you look up NPR article on the dark origins of Valentine's Day, crazy, totally crazy. Lots of, um, lots of crazy stuff in there. I'm just going to say that there's no reason to go through it all, but it's nutty. But over the years, it softened into um, a much more um, PG or perhaps even a PG-13 version of Valentine's Day. And in 1913, Hallmark put out its first Valentine. I gotta say, like, smart move Hallmark. Like, y'all get it. And I super love getting a Valentine. I super duper 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 love it. One time, my dad, who always did give my mom a Valentine, I totally remember that. But I remember being an adult and coming over to his house. He called us over to his house. And I'm pretty sure my sister Susie would have been invited to or um, she might have been there. Who knows? Um, Both of us at some point in our adult life lived with our parents. I know it sounds like we're losers, but we're not. We're super cool and we're super funny and we can pull off lots of stuff. So I'm just saying, don't make fun of us because we had to live with our parents a couple times. Our parents were super cool and I'm just going to end it at that. But one time my dad on Valentine's Day called us over and gave us those little tiny heart boxes of chocolates heart melted. I mean, there's only four pieces in it, so I probably should have been mad. Just kidding. But seriously, my dad never gave me a Valentine. He always gave it to my mom, which totally makes sense. But love, love, love a good Valentine. Um, My husband occasionally will make me a Valentine. And I'm always, always happy about that. So I do enjoy Valentine's Day. It is a 17 to 18 billion dollar holiday. Um, That is a lot of Hallmark cards. That is a lot of chocolates. That's a lot of jewelry and flowers and heart-shaped pizzas and fancy dinners and probably anything else that you can think of. So 
you can look up the origin of Valentine's Day, or you can go right to your Bible and find 686 times where God tells us he loves us. And how amazing is that? Of course, the most important Valentine that we would ever, ever, ever get in our lifetime and beyond is a human. And you say, what? You can't give humans away. No, of course you can't, but God can. And in John 3, 16, now y'all know what I'm talking about, right? He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God loves you that much. How awesome is that? We are going to go back to the John 15 verse too. So haven't quite gotten there yet, but get ready to unpack that. Let's listen to my sponsor commercial and then we'll unpack because we all say that in the biblical study world. So I'm just going to be one of those biblical scholars that say, Let's unpack that. But seriously, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. But listen to my commercial first. Thank you. I love you. And before we actually unpack that, thank you for listening to the commercial. Let's just talk about Valentine's Day. Because Valentine's Day makes a lot of people feel really bad. It certainly made Charlie Brown feel bad. Did you ever watch the Charlie Brown Valentine's Day special? Yeah, he takes a whole briefcase of Valentine's to school thinking this is the year he's going to get a bunch of valentines and he gets none rude seriously sometimes i'm like do not show kids that it's terrible but the truth is valentine's day does make people feel bad because maybe you don't have a valentine love like my dad loved my mom so much and not everybody gives valentines to everybody like i do i actually made valentines oh my gosh they're real cute sometimes i'm very arty and i love collaging and so yeah, there's layers, there's a little oil pastel, there's a little piece of Bible on everybody's Valentine because God's love is the greatest love of all. And so, yeah, I love to give Valentines to everyone, not just people I wink, wink, nudge, nudge love, which would be my husband, or not just my family, Susie, I love you, um, or my friends, hi friends who are listening, or strangers who are listening to my podcast, I love you too, because you're probably an anomaly. Most people who listen know me, so if you are somebody who listens and knows me, you know that I love you. But not everybody gets Valentine's, so they've actually created another alternative to Valentine's Day called SAD, which that sounds sad too, Single Awareness Day. And so on that day, singles can actually like buy themselves something special and celebrate that they're good being single and they should be happy being single. There's nothing wrong with that. The great news is though, Valentine's Day can exist for them too because God does love them. And we heard about it in John three sixteen. 
but we also hear about it here. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. God loves Jesus and Jesus loves us. Jesus and God are God, as in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is speaking from his human aspect because he comes down and is made man so that he can teach us all these things. And he says, you know, as God is loving me, Jesus, the human son, I love you. And that's where we get love from. That's where love originates from, is from our God. And so even if you are single, that verse, John 15, 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. There is a little bit of a catch. Now remain in my love. So don't just take it. Don't just, don't just let Jesus love you and do nothing with it. Let's learn from it. Let's do something about it. And he goes on to tell us that if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. It doesn't mean he will love us if we obey him, because if that's the case, we're all in a crick without paddles. You know what I'm saying? But he's saying when you are obeying God, you are surrounded by that love. When you're not, the love of God is there, but you're not going to feel it and you're not going to be as comforted by it as when you remain in his love and obey his commandments then you will remain in his love. So it's like, it's like being in the room where it happens, to use a Hamilton phrase. You are up close and present when we are in relationship with God and doing our best, because let's be honest, we're not perfect, to, re to obey his commands. The good news is there's more on what we need to obey there. So hang in there with me. Here's what's awesome. He doesn't just instantly start telling you the rules you have to follow. He gives us this awesome promise. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So the joy of Christ is given to us when we remain in his love and that completes the joy that we have in our heart. And so some people get joy confused with happiness. Happiness is typically based on circumstances and joy is based on Jesus is how I'm going to say it. We can have joy even in bad circumstances. We can, we can feel the joy of Jesus every day of our life, even when you're stressed out at work or when, you know, your family life is dysfunctional or you feel like you just haven't been 
right. You're not well. You're this COVID, the pandemic, all the craziness that's happened. We can still feel the joy of Christ. And he tells us that I, that I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Then he talks about the command and my command is this love each other as I have loved you. Wow, that's a whole, whole lot. And he knows that we're probably not going to be able to have that high of a level of love. But he does continue to explain it. He says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I learned from my father. I have made known to you. Here is, I'm just going to stop there because there's a whole lot to that. First of all, he's saying when you love somebody, you'll do anything for them, including take a bullet for them. And I think he probably means it both literally and figuratively here. We're probably rarely ever in a circumstance where we're going to have to take a bullet for somebody or push them out of the way of a car or any of those kinds of things. I mean, it does happen and people do it and it's amazing and we call them heroes. Um, but it also means that when he when he says friends he's saying i'm i'm not saying that you're serving me like we do serve god but he's calling us friends like we can say we're friends with god and he's saying that that's how he treats us he says you know servants don't know all what's happening with the master. They're, they're on a need to know basis and do what you're told basis. But for us, he says, instead, I am giving you everything that I have learned from my father. Like I am basically sharing my complete inheritance with you. And on top of that, he then says that it's not because we chose him. He chose us. He chose us and appointed us. And then he goes back to the whole to bear fruit. So that whole vine and the branches thing, this is how he brings it all together. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And before I read the last verse again, God loves us first and we can't change that because he is the one who created us. He planned for us. And I say it all the time, probably almost every podcast I say that we are created in his image. He loved us first. And so our response is to love him um, and to love others. And he even goes as far to say as, I loved you. I picked you out. I appointed you. And 
I am allowing for you to be a bearer of good fruit. So that is exciting stuff. Fun fact, I record these podcasts in short sessions. One, because my mouth gets really dry. Two, so that I don't ramble on too hard on one thing. And we all know I do ramble, ramble, ramble. I can hear my sister Susie saying it. Ramble, ramble, ramble. Um, And I do. Like just now I'm rambling. But I like to then call like title each section. So that last section, I called it friends and fruit, which I love both friends and fruit. But the cool part about when he says, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, go back to the vine and the branches. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. If you are a gardener, and I know some of you are, Judy and Susie, you know about, you know, um, deadheading flowers and snipping and cutting stuff down, and then it flourishes. So he says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. And then he's talking again about that with, you know, when you are right with God, you are, you remain in his love and it's a great place to be. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So our, the fruit that will last is the fruit that God gives us. And we must be plugged in to God to put it in a technology terms for all of those techies that are listening, which I'm guessing is nobody. And if you are, and you know me, tell me I'm a techie who listens and that'll make me so happy. So neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Here's what's really important. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And here's the deal. We probably know lots and lots of successful people that don't know Jesus and are successful. And you're like, "Mm, apart from God, people do lots of things. It's true. They do. But apart from God, they can do nothing because they are made in God's image. And even though they don't recognize him, he recognizes them because he sees himself in them because P.S. he created them. So nobody can do anything without God. And that sounds like crazy, crazy Christian talk. But when you know God, you know that he made us and created us to be in relationship with us and others. So it makes sense. Why would he just make Christians and then just make all these other people? That's weird. It, it, God reigns on those who love him and he reigns on those who don't. He's, the sun shines on those who love him and the sun shines on those that don't. He made man and gave us the choice but he helps us. He helps us with the choice because he says, um, 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so he's not saying like, hey, I'll give you anything you want. Go ahead and pray for a new car. He allows you to, but sometimes a new car isn't in his will. But when it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, when we are praying for fruit that is going to show the glory of God and that will produce behavior and love that is from God, then God answers our prayers with a yes. Sometimes he'll answer them with a no, not, not right in connection, like you're missing the beat somewhere, or this isn't a good thing, even though you think it is. And sometimes he will say, wait. And so he hears our prayer. And Jesus says, as the father has loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. Remain in me and I will remain in you. So the, all of this verse is just all keep connecting back to what he tried to show us sort of pictorially with vine and branches and then speaks of this amazing love. And so he says at that part, then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command not asking, I'm not suggesting, I'm commanding, love each other. Three words, love each other. Those two, those one, two, three word Valentines are the best. And Jesus's Valentine's three day message to us is love each other. So easy and so hard all at once. It's easy to love people who are lovable. It's hard to love people who are not. Do you know that there's five love languages? I've never really studied these before, but it's like words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, receiving gifts. So some people, their love language love language is to receive gifts or maybe even to give gifts, but that's probably an act of service. I don't really know. Didn't read it. Not an expert. So my real point is you don't always know if giving the gift of candy and flowers and jewelry and all that kind of stuff is somebody's love language. You got to kind of figure out who they are. And that's a great part of dating and relationships and not just, not just marriage and dating either. I mean, don't you just love some friends I, like sometimes I say, like I, I fell in love with my art teachers. I, I serve art teachers for a living. And, and so I tell them, you know, I was excited to sell crayons and markers and, you know, art education things. But then I met my customer and I fell in love with art teachers because they have such a servant heart. And I have vendor friends that I have fallen in love with. And that is nothing to do with intimacy or sexuality or anything like that. It's when you know somebody and they're good and they're kind. And um, in many situations, there were, there are vendors and friends and um, co-workers that share my faith. And you just fall in love with these people. Like my friend Kathy at work stops by my desk on her way um, home every day and 
she would just share in stories of her mom and my mom and loved hearing about how my mom was doing and felt so brokenhearted when my mom died and for me and didn't she never even met my mom like that's a beautiful thing and how do I not fall in love with Kathy for being such a beautiful human so I think we put all these worldly rules but there's really only one rule love each other and maybe you're uncomfortable to be like oh man I totally fell in love with her or I totally fell in love with him because that sounds too personal I get it. I'm just that extreme. But use those love languages and speak to people this Valentine's Day and every day. I say this Valentine's Day because, you know, this is my Valentine's message to you. But you think, how do I go about loving each other? How do I go about loving people that I don't know or that I have never met or don't really like? Well, look at what the five language love languages are. Words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. Giving a gift to somebody is a beautiful thing. Take a gift to a neighbor, make them some cookies, um, buy them a bottle of wine. Um, hopefully, hopefully they're not an alcoholic. That would be embarrassing. I'm just kidding. My family has a lot of alcoholics in it and they're sober and I love them. But we make jokes because sometimes stuff that's sad we make jokes about. If you give somebody a bottle of wine and they're an alcoholic, Nine times out of ten, they will accept it and probably re-gift it. The kindness is what matters, and I think you get my point on that. I know sometimes my humor is ridiculous, but that's okay. Words of affirmation. It's okay, Chrissy, you're ridiculous. Quality time. Have you ever just spent time with somebody? Oh my gosh, that is the definition of spending some time with somebody who's at a nursing home. The quality of that time can't be measured in words and conversation because sometimes they are incapable of that. But your presence is huge and the love that you will experience is amazing. Physical touch, oh, huge, huge, huge. And not for everybody. If it's, if it's something you're comfortable with, do it. If it's not, that's okay. But go out of your comfort zone every once in a while and hug somebody. Go out of your comfort zone and just shake their hand. Or do that, you know, um, you know, where you put your hand on somebody's shoulder or their elbow. I know that sounds weird, but it means something to somebody when you just put your hand on them. You don't have to be right up in their grill, but just reaching out to somebody with a physical touch is amazing. And certainly if it is your spouse, go crazy, you know, or if it's your mom, kiss her whole face, kiss her whole face every day, you guys, because you will not believe how hard it is to not be able to kiss your mom's face. So kiss her face like you are, like it's the last time, every single time. Yes, 
if you know my son, tell him to kiss my face. I will accept it. Acts of service. Doing something kind for somebody? Oh my gosh, that is phenomenal. Um, and gifts. Gifts are certainly fun. So um, friends and sister, I love a good gift and I will receive it with lots and lots of joy. I'm going back to the middle of this Ver these verses that I've been talking about where it says greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command and we know that Jesus's command is, this is my command to love each other. We're probably not going to have, like I said, that opportunity to truly lay down our life for somebody else. The way that we can do it, though, is when you truly do love somebody and they don't know Jesus, is to share your greatest love with them. That truly is laying down your life for somebody else in a figurative kind of way, because Jesus did it literally. He died on a cross because we are all going to fail miserably at this life. And he died for every single sin from the beginning to the end. And because of that, that is the world's greatest valentine. 